Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie's helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My latest project, tree trimming for our phone lines into the radio show. I mean, any home improvement you need, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and the website is free to use. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a sexy liberal week. Happy hour podcast. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. oh man. I am feeling sexy and liberal and happy. Uh-huh. Okay. Because uh, Hal Sparks is going to be uh, starring in this week's happy hour. I- I'm so excited to see him live again. Uh, it- me too. And John Fugelsang and Frangela. Uh, it is amazing pay-per-view get it yep uh, if you can't get to madison to see us this week but uh i'm telling you we're going back to where we started the sexy liberal tour and the birthplace did you know this of american unions that's right right in the middle of this whole worker uh what do you want to call it like i think it's a worker empowerment movement yeah people are you know reevaluating their lives after covid and mm-hmm. realizing their worth and also uh, saying uh fuck you your five dollar an hour job that requires a master's degree where people can cough on me that had COVID and punch me because I asked them to wear a mask yeah yeah so there so a lot of strikes and a lot of stuff going on and uh going to the cradle ladies and gentlemen of the America of the right. uh, union movement okay and Jill Weinbanks because this is January 6th mm-hmm. week and she has a lot to say parallels to to Watergate uh, etc right that's right and to, she still looks like the Watergate girl. She's I fantastic. Know, she... It's still going to be a movie, right? It's just out in paperback. Her book is just yes. out in paperback. So but it's going it. to be a movie. Who's going to play her? No, do you, you don't know? Oh, it's I been, know. Yeah, it's been announced. Who? Katie Holmes. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's man, a great that's casting. Fantastic. That's going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, we God. know her. You're going to hear her right now. You guys. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I'm talking like this, you guys. Well, if you miss my special after show interview on the Happy Hour podcast, it might cost you your home, literally. Stick around immediately following my Happy Hour podcast, where my guest will be a former FBI agent and identity theft expert. It is a very scary story, just in time for Halloween. That is hometitlelock.com. One more time, hometitlelock.com. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Fear not. <laughs> oh, thank you for putting your vaccine uh, passport up on the screen. Thank you for that. I didn't. I wasn't Absolutely. requiring it to be on the show by Zoom, but thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Digitally, I'm always, yeah, you, even... Even via Zoom, I believe in vaccination, um, and and my entire broadcast is wearing a condom. So I'm <laughs> making uh, safety, as we say uh, in my neck of the woods, safety third. Um, <laughs> after love and adventure, of oh, course. Yeah, I mean, right? you know, I wouldn't. I've barely left my house, Hal, and I wouldn't go yes. do sexy liberal unless we uh, vaccination right. is required, masking yep. is required, and yep. you know. I, that's the thing. And United, we're flying United because they were the first up with, you know, mm-hmm. leadership and getting their, their staff vaccinated. Right. I'm just, I'm wondering what the holdup is on having to be vaccinated to fly like, they, like uh, they've already done in Canada. Uh, well, uh, obviously a smaller industry, less of a factor. Um, the Cana- like Canada runs a lot of uh, U.S. airlines so they can kind of circumvent so people who didn't want to could fly on other airlines. It's not like Air Canada is the permeate only national airline in the entire place. And this is from someone who, you know, uh, lived in, you know, I was I was gay adjacent in Canada yes, for you were. You know, <laughs> almost six years. So you shot queer as folk, correct? Indeed. Yeah. Um, um, Toronto passing for Pittsburgh, as it often will. Um, but yeah. Oh. So, it looks nothing like I, Pittsburgh, know, but yes. On, on to Fauci, though. Um, when he says there's not, there's nothing I can do, there is absolutely something you could do because this is really a messaging problem with maybe 15% of the people who have a problem. The rest of them, you're not going to reach there. That's the basket of deplorables Hillary was talking about. That's the section you can't reach and they're going to come do it because their favorite right wing talk show host cracked on it, or they're going to convince themselves that it was a murder plot to get rid of them or something. And there's no talking them down from that. It's a, it's a flat earth conspiracy. They saved Hitler's brain and it's stored in Antarctica and they're ready for the great day of the rope. Like there's no way yeah. talking out of it, but the part you can reach, um, there is a messaging thing he could be better at. And I do think this could be a learning experience for him in that if he historically contextualized all the other times when we gotten a new vaccine, and a third of the population freaked out, and a lot of that particular group of the population died or caused someone around them to die because of it. Um, if you contextualize, you go like, you're not the first person to have these lunatic thoughts, yeah. that, you know, about a, a go- you know either a, a government created vaccine or or a new, you know, uh, segment of medicine that comes online. If you'll recall, when the first talk of of uh, like organ transplants came, there was a, a string of movies, horror movies. All horror movies were like, they gave me the hands of a killer. He's got the <laughs> eyes of a murderer, right? Anything they put in you, suddenly you're haunted by the parts that they attach to you. Right. This is not new. And if you address it like, look, I know you're panicked about this. You, we, let's, how about this? How about you stay right. alive so we can argue politics? Yeah, exactly. Well, I thought this was interesting. Foreign visitors who are fully vaccinated against COVID will be able to travel uh, to the U.S. starting November 8th. This announcement mm-hmm. and date applies to both international air travel and land travel. The policy is, is guided by public health, stringent and consistent. Well, this is where the right freaks out, right, Hal? Because, of course, they mm-hmm. want this. It's like, oh, you're letting all these people in yeah. with COVID. But you don't want to, to have a vaccine. You don't want them at all. You don't want to get them, but you want people to come in the country to prove they're vaccinated. Oh. I mean, they, oh, yeah. They have hypocrisy. Well, and they also, they don't want them coming in at all. Like, that's right. the, you know, like, it's like the Afghans thing. We have to get the Afghans out of, Biden's right. not doing enough He's to get the Afghans out. And then it's like, keep the Afghans out. 
Get the Afghans out. I, Keep the Afghans yes. out. Like it's this ping pong of it ridiculous is, racism. Yes, it is the endless wheel of right wing hypocrites. Thank you. Uh, Fox News' Laura Ingram told Le- Le- LeBron James in 2018 to stop talking about politics and right. shut up and dribble. Fast forward three years, Ingram is now favorably citing Jane's commentary on vaccines to her audience. Um, so he said last month, while he personally is vaccinated, he isn't going to be encouraging others to get it. Free choice, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Well, that disappoints me, Hal, because if you're a leader uh, and you're on a team, you absolutely hey, should be encouraging. Theory. Sorry. That, like, uh, LeBron is, uh, I think he benefits from the benefit of the doubt a lot of times because of the social, um, his attachment to certain social uh-huh. issues. That does not necessarily clear you for clear thinking, even on those issues, much less the ones outside of it. So we do that a lot. And that's where people get like this disappointment in their, I'm so disappointed by this particular insert yeah, celebrity, right. insert politician. Yeah. And said, you know, I mean, people are a whole package. They're not going to agree on a lot of stuff. And you got to recognize yeah. that everybody's got blind spots. Yeah. Um, you uh, win the uh, Internet uh, for best response to Representative Jim Jordan, who said Ohio should ban all vaccine mandates. And you said, here's an idea. Just ignore the vaccine and pretend you never saw anything. You're good at that. Bam. Bam. Well, Bam. I mean, that's the that's the, uh, the the slap that keeps on giving. And with that guy, it'll that'll never go away. And Ohio will never live it down until they address this thing. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it's amazing to me Like he one of the reasons why he hitched his wagon to Trump. And why Matt Gates is hitching his wagon to Trump so hard is because they're basically dovetailing behind his um, sexual assault denial ability. Just, you know, apparently, at least up until now, uh, go E. Jean Carroll, go. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And the deposition that he's going to actually have to do by the end of the year in her case. Up till now, the idea was vehemently deny and not only just say that's not true, but attack the people that are even accusing you of it or the people who want you to come clean about it. That's, that's the part with Jim Jordan. That's the creepiest to me is that he doesn't, you know, beyond the people who did it and beyond the victims, he's saying, I don't even have to answer to this thing, which just to me says uh, guilty. That's there is no, Um, there's, there's a there there. Speaking of our, uh, our uh, friends on Fox News and hypocrites, um, again, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, you know, they're vaccinated and they're encouraging other people to, you know, not get the vaccine and suffocate to death and die. But, uh, okay. Don tweeted the implication of the figure out how to breastfeed sneer about, uh, secretary Pete can be read as both homophobic while also implying that parental leave is reserved for women because children are women's work. And you, as you do in your brilliance have coined a new phrase. You said Tucker Carlson is a pig and a bigot. He is a pigot, which Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That scans. Yeah. Yeah, We crafted, we had to craft a new word for Tucker Carlson. His mother should be proud. The, you know, and it was exactly those two things. You've got his yeah. idea that um, that paternal leave in and yeah. of itself is some somehow absurd. Now, again, this is very Trumpian yeah. to, you know, to like brag about the fact that raising a child is woman's work um, as a as a very involved father that misses every second I don't spend with my kid. I It baffles my mind. That, well, uh, yes. That I, who was it? What right winger said, uh, you know, paternity leave is for uh and I said, paternity leave, you know what it's for? Good dads. That's what it's mm, for. Yeah. I mean, it's right. just, 
that we're no, in I, 2021 know, having this conversation. And like you say, right. it is obviously misogyny mixed with some weird homophobia. And, oh, yeah. they're trying to pretend how to breastfeed. You know, it's I, just. You know me. I don't use the word homophobia if I can help it. It's just anti-gay. Right. Tucker Carlson doesn't have a mental disorder that makes him panic when he sees a gay person. He's just gross. He's a bigot. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know why we allow people to get, like uh, the phobias. And I talk about this in my standup sometimes. The phobias are all uh, concocted a and let the person off the hook. Yeah, you're let. It, let it, he's a bigot. He it, Tucker, he's a, and he's, he's a hired to be a bigot. His head writer was writing under a nom de plume. Um, I don't know how you say that in German on right wing, you know, white supremacist websites. And there is no way Tucker Carlson didn't know this. There is no way this wasn't like top of his resume reason to make this choice. And as soon as the dude left, Tucker Carlson's uh, formerly just kind of machine like white supremacist opening monologues have turned into a mishmash of wandering ADHD babble because he can't get it together. Like, and that's the good thing about it. Yeah, well, it's a lack of organization. Um, you are a liberal helper because you can't help yourself. But uh, someone right. asked on Twitter who should play Steve Bannon in the Netflix original biopic Trump, and you said uh, someone call Herpes Agent, which I didn't sure. know Herpes had an agent. But you're right. Well, if that, you get one, I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's leaving money on the table. Exactly. That's all I'm it's, I mean, yeah. there's dispute on this. John Fugelsang says he looks like gout got gout. So I don't know. I it's it's, it's some disease, <laughs> I, but I no, don't. no. I, I sentient syphilis is a thing. And if you have, if you don't believe me, watch Steve. We- Bannon's war room once. No matter what, um, we know it's a venereal disease, something. a social it's, disease. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, and 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 he got it uh, from Trump. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just going to believe it. Like he, like he fell in a public bathroom at some point, and Steve was like yeah. helping him up, and then it jumped bodies like some sort of alien symbiote. There could have been Epstein. We were just reading about how they were good uh, buddies and hung out, and ah, they're all. What did you uh, say last week? The people associated with Trump are a rogues gallery a of ick. ick. They're yeah. just yeah. ick. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how anybody could hang out uh, like or, like meet. Epstein more than three times right. and not be found by the police with a, a bloody cinder block in their hands. You know what I mean? Like I, that dude, there's no way I wouldn't be let out in cuffs. He's, they all look like some version, a cartoon version of poison. You know, whatever the little things they cartoons they put on yeah. things that, to tell kids it's, it's like, poison. Yeah, yeah Mr. Don't Yuck. Lead paint yes, kids. they all look like some version of Mr. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, they, the, or the, or or some Mucinex ad cartoon character. Yeah, right. that that blob of mucus that they have is right. a the, the toe right. rock, yeah. the toe rock guy. Yeah, mucus or poison—that's what they look like. Okay, yeah. um, you also, uh, yes, we have uh, Lauren Bobert for you since you commented on this. Um, this was not only the most important election of our lifetime, but I felt it was the last most important election that we would ever have. And uh, man, uh, did those words ever uh, ring true? What? You said words, y'all, can be so um, wordy, um, you know? <laughs> yeah. She, she has this, uh, the, the, the perfect, you know, a lot of times she says babble. There's a lot of word salad right. that comes at her. But sometimes she accidentally says something that says the opposite of what she means to say <laughs> and <laughs> says something about her actual thought process at the same time. It's magic. It's like, this is an incantation. It is the last most important, the least and the most and that's because it's the most important to her and the least to everyone else in the world. It is the, like the, way, evolution, the evolution thing, right? Like they're just because they kind of were always the party of dumb. Mm-hmm. But you start with Reagan and Bush and then mm-hmm. Palin and like, it's just 
I, they're backwards. the party of stupid now. It's just, oh my God, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, these... I, I, now Louis Gohmert looks like a genius. It's like, how far, how low does this go, right? I, well, I, I would like to say, for the record, there have always been those folks from the Strom Thurmans, yeah. and uh, and we would later find, like, the Dennis Hasterts. Um, and, you know, like, they've always been threaded through there. The difference is, and the only difference is, is that Trump enabled them to be open about their awful. That yeah. was it. Like, this idea of being a brash... I'll just go ahead and say it thing, yeah. which was a cause celeb for the entire right, even the ones that disagree with him because of what they felt was the crush of political correctness creeping up on them because they had, you know, a- ancient misogynistic and anti-gay concepts in their head that they just could not shake. Yeah. And they didn't understand why the rest of the world was moving on without them. And they're standing at a lunch counter um, and everybody to their left and right used to a- not in agreement with what they said. Yeah. And now they're like, dude, can you please leave? And they don't get it. And so now this guy comes out and he will just go ahead and say it because it- there's no ramifications. Yeah. His own family, you know, M- Mary Trump aside, won't disown him. Um, you know, and ever, and he's got a, he's got a following. Yeah. Same. You know, I mean, it's the same people at every rally. They deadhead around this. He's the fish of right-wing morons, but. Well, if you miss my special after show interview on the happy hour podcast, it might cost you your home. Literally stick around immediately following my happy hour podcast where my guest will be a former FBI agent and identity theft expert. It is a very scary story just in time for Halloween. That is HomeTitleLock.com. One more time, HomeTitleLock.com. Hi, good morning, Jill Weinbanks. Good morning. How are you? Look at you. Your beautiful Dalmatian is right behind you, peering over your shoulder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he adorable. He so is cute. so handsome and romantic, that dog. <laughs> oh, and also, you were peering at my uh, Goldwater Miller uh, 2008 uh, presidential poster. Me and Cece Goldwater, Goldwater Miller 2008, mm-hmm. family name, no skills, just like W. Yep. To which I got a huge laugh yes. from you. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have one for you. What's that? Can you read this? Stormy for president uh, put a bigger boob in the White House. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's funny. That's funny. Well, it, funny we should bring up Goldwater, who was the one that told Nixon it was yeah. time to go. Zoe Lofgren, I don't know if you heard that soundbite, just said Nixon tried this, what Trump just did. Um, and he, he just, eh. this is, okay. So the, this is good news. This happened right before you got on, Jill. The White House released a very strong statement. They made it clear they have no intention of protecting Trump from any accountability regarding January 6th. They said former President Trump abused the office of the presidency, attempted to subvert a peaceful transfer of power. The former president's actions represented a unique and existential threat to our democracy that can't be swept under the rug. As President Biden determined, the constitutional protections of executive privilege should not be used to shield information that reflects a clear and apparent effort to subvert the Constitution. Constitution itself. That's a pretty strong statement, yes? That's a pretty strong and very accurate statement. It is one that needed to be said and that needs to be followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't direct anybody to do anything in this matter except um, you know what he says, but it is so accurate that there is no executive privilege here. There should be none, especially for Bannon, but for anybody who advises on crimes, it's not covered. That has been clear since the Supreme Court ruled in Watergate. They said there is something that prevails over executive privilege. And I, I 
think there is a good reason for executive privilege so people can give advice freely and candidly mm -hmm. without worrying about, you know, maybe tossing around crazy brainstorming ideas. But you can't advise on how to commit a crime. Just cannot do that. That is exempt from executive privilege, from attorney-client privilege, from any privilege. So that's the right thing to do, and I hope it will lead to a speedy decision from the courts to uphold the contempt charges and that people will get the idea that they can't keep blowing off Congress. Well, We need them as a third branch of government. How does Zoloffgren said she just had a chance to read Trump's lawsuit, his bid to block these presidential documents, and she said it was a... Uh, she was not overwhelmed. <laughs> but do we have that one? Uh, cut eight. This is Zoe Lofgren uh, yesterday. Uh, I, you know, I just had a chance to read the complaint, and I was not overwhelmed by uh, its um, crafting. Let's put it that way. Um, we'll see what a court will say. But as I say, uh, the law does not appear to be on the former president's side. The statute's not on his side. The judgment's already been made by the real president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> zing, I actually like zing. that line best, the real president. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's isn't that laughable? You know, asserting executive privilege when you're a private citizen. I mean, it's it's. I, I, anyway, um, so you know, there is a, there is a case in fairness. There is a case that says the president, the former president, can weigh in, can mm -hmm. express his views, but the preeminent decision, the ruling decision, is the incumbent president's. Yeah, and he's listened, he's heard. And he's ruled. Right. But the court ruled. So even if he were willing to assert it, Congress could go to court and say, hold on, what about U.S. v. Nixon? The court said you can't have executive privilege when there is a crime committed. So I don't think there's any way he could, even, even the real president, yeah. couldn't lawfully assert executive privilege. Jill, are you struck, as I am, by... <laughs> The fact that he appears to either be getting away with stuff or being able to delay in some way that we've never seen before because it's all out in the open. I mean, with Nixon, it was all surreptitious, which it was why it was, ha ha, we found the tapes, you know, whereas this still doesn't make it any less illegal, does it, that this is all out in the open and there's an Eastman memo and there's a tape mm -hmm. with Georgia and there's, I mean, it, that doesn't make it any less illegal, does it? Does it somehow just no. numb us or normalize it to his law breaking? It doesn't numb me, and it doesn't normalize it to me. I think those things are horrible. And I also want to point out that this delay stuff doesn't have to be. After Goldwater went to the White House, the president resigned immediately. But what led to Goldwater getting to the White House was that on April 16th of that year, we subpoenaed 64 tapes, one of which ended up being what's known as the smoking gun tape. Mm -hmm. That went to the Supreme Court, was argued and decided by July 24th. That's just about three months. We went from subpoena to the White House objecting to going to the Supreme Court, and July 24th they ruled. We gave the information to the Congress, and that's what led to Goldwater and two others going to the White House saying, if you don't resign, we will convict you in the Senate. So... There's no reason for this big delay. We could be done with this in three months. Courts have got to take this seriously and have to act, and they cannot let all sorts of silly things any more than they can let the Texas law 
uh, continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They must act on that, too. Jill, you uh, obviously they it's the vote is today, right, for the Steve Bannon criminal right. contempt. You had a number of thoughts on Twitter I wanted to ask you about. You said uh, someone said uh, Ellie Honig said, I know a prosecution of Bannon for criminal contempt could be tricky for the DOJ. But the answer about whether to charge has come down to this. How can you not charge? Where would that yeah. leave DOJ, the January 6th committee, Congress and our constitutional balance of powers? Um, and you said cannot do this unless civil contempt under Congress's inherent power is used. Explain that. That's separate from the DOJ. You're talking about... Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Ellie that we need to have action and that it's there is a balance that the Department of Justice does, which shouldn't be politics versus the law. It should be, do we have enough evidence for a assured conviction? You don't want to indict unless there is all the evidence of all the elements of a crime which there is in this case. So what I was saying is, well, if Congress decided to go and use its inherent power and send the sergeant at arms out to arrest, the problem is that hasn't been done in over 100 years. That doesn't mean that the power went away. They have that power. So they could do that. And would that be a faster way? Yes. Apparently the jail in Congress has been abolished. It, it doesn't exist anymore. They would have to probably rent a hotel room somewhere and put a marshal on 24-hour guard duty uh, to hold the, the witness who was not cooperating. Yeah. That's, not, that's not my dog. I no, I know. Him. Your dog is like, it could be a statue right now. It has been behind <laughs> you with his head on the chair in like a, the same position this entire... He has moved, so I know he's alive. But I, yes, my dogs are upstairs creating right. havoc. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, there are alternatives to criminal uh, contempt. The alternatives are civil contempt, which, like criminal contempt, can be delayed by legal processes. And then there's the inherent power of Congress to arrest and jail a non-compliant witness, and that requires nothing but them ordering the sergeant at arms to take that action. And it was done once, and the person was imprisoned in the congressional prison. Um, But that prison, as I said, no longer exists. So I think there's nothing wrong with the method that they've taken. Any one of those methods sends a message that they're serious. Um, They can, both civil and criminal contempt can lead to jail as well as fines. And um, obviously, jail is the result of the inherent powers. Do they, do they wait till after the DOJ and the referral, or should they do it simultaneously? What's your opinion? Um, they can, I, I, I wouldn't do them simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, because that would, if, if you did the inherent power, for example, then justice would say, well, he's already in jail. There's no point. In, okay. In so they're going this. DOJ first, so which I agree with. DOJ. Yeah. And I think that's a, I, I, I'm not opposing that. I'm just saying that there was an alternative um, that's maybe even faster. Although, again, once it is turned over to the U.S. Attorney in the District of Columbia, after the vote uh, by the full House, Nancy Pelosi delivers it to the U.S. Attorney. Now, the words in the statute say, shall, they shall bring the contempt. But it's been interpreted as they shall if they have decided that there is enough evidence. It's not just enough to, to do it on the order of Congress. They have to decide. So there's some period of days where they will evaluate the evidence, which in this case, as you pointed out, we've all seen it. 
Yeah. He wrote a letter saying, I'm not coming in. I'm not going to cooperate yeah. unless you get an order from a court. So that's ignoring the inherent power that they have. Um, so I, I think any one of those things is good and should be a warning to every other subpoenaed person. And again, it's been clear from the McGann case, you can't just not show up. Yeah. You have to come in and then you can claim any privilege you want to claim, Fifth Amendment or uh, executive and privilege, and then it's up to them to rule. And we have to stop playing by different rules, Jill. I had Jill, uh, Susan McDougall on my show back in the day. They put her in jail for 18 months to not want to testify about investigation into someone's private life. I didn't even want to get started. Anyway, let me quote you to you. You said... <laughs> But you said of, you know, just this whole thing, you know, the uh, forcing subpoenas in general. I see obstruction of Congress. You said, I see crime. I think we've long since passed the time when we can allow witnesses to ignore subpoenas. This is the, the, what the precedence that's been right. set up in the Trump administration. You said, you said earlier in the hour, use it or lose it. And it's true. If Congress doesn't use the powers it has to compel testimony, they cannot exercise their constitutional right for oversight. And that's what this is. We need new laws to prevent a recurrence of January 6th. The only way we can do that is for Congress to have all the information that it has requested. In the letters to the people subpoenaed, so far it lays out a very good case for those people to come in and testify. So I think whether he's doing this to be a martyr, Steve Bannon, or whether he's doing this as a legal strategy, we know the law does not allow him to fail for example to show up for his deposition he has to come in if he wants to claim any privilege including the fifth amendment he can do it when he comes into the room he can't do it by saying i'm not coming because i think i have executive privilege because the ex-president says i have it so is that they did they do this from the time he was supposed to be in the room jill is that what activated this because he didn't show up for his testimony well he also didn't reply to the documentary uh, subpoena. So there's subpoena Ducas Tecum in a, uh, for testimony as well. And um, I think the case is even stronger for failing to show up for testimony as opposed to the, the subpoena for documents. But it goes beyond even this. If we are to have a functioning democracy, we need three branches of government co-equal, and we need oversight of the executive branch by Congress. That's the foundation of our democracy. And if we go back to the Trump administration, not only did they not show up for impeachment hearings and for criminal investigations, they didn't show up for ordinary oversight. So the Secretary of Homeland Security just didn't come in response to a subpoena for oversight of issues like border control. And we cannot function. Congress needs information in order to pass laws to understand what the problems are. Watergate led to a lot of good laws as a result of the information they got during hearings. And that's being denied right now. So I would say that oversight is as important as the investigation of particular criminal conduct. And we must get people to cooperate means they have to come in. And if it takes jailing them, fining them, whatever it is, yeah. it needs to happen. How confident are you we will see justice uh, as, it, as it relates to January 6th? Like everyone in this country, I am concerned and, con- and worried. Um, I am still in my Pollyanna phase where I still believe that the Congress will do the right thing. I still hope that some Democrats, will, uh, some Republicans will join in what should be the obvious contempt vote. Um, How many will vote for contempt? I don't know. 
Um, I'm assuming that at least Cheney um, and um, uh, Kinzinger from my state of Illinois will support that because they're on the committee that has been treated contemptuously. But, um, you know, until there's some action, I, like everybody, I'm saying, well, where is it? What happened to his tax returns, to, to his audit? Why isn't that over? It was a different. It was a different Republican Party. It was a different Congress when my dad and Goldwater and were yes. in, and you were a, a Watergate prosecutor. There was no Fox News. The Supreme Court wasn't stacked the way it is now. So I hear you. I, I'm a happy, clappy liberal, as I always say, and I'm always want to be optimistic. But I hear you. It just it's nerve wracking. It's I, I try to be optimistic, but um, until there's some action from the Department of Justice or from Congress, yeah. It gets harder and harder to assure people that there will be justice. And yet, if we don't have justice, we have either anarchy or we have fascism. We have authoritarian control. Yep. Um, I know that it's unpopular to make an analogy to how Hitler took power, but it wasn't by one sweeping thing. It was by changing one law at a time, by ignoring one law. And we can't let that happen here. Let me just say... That is wildly popular on this show, so you are incorrect. <laughs> Hitler and now we okay. cannot get enough Hitler analogies. My dad was a Nuremberg prosecutor. I cannot yeah. hear enough. Quick question from my paralegal, Jody uh, Hamilton. When we get the full approval, hopefully for uh, uh, boosters tomorrow for Moderna and J&J, do you think we're close to getting a mandate for people to fly? I am desperate to have people have to be vaccinated to fly. What do you think? I don't know. I, I'm hoping that there will be much more action so that I can do more things. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm fully vaccinated, but I still hesitate to do certain things. Um, I did go to the ballet this weekend, and it's my first indoor you know, performance. Right. Uh, but everybody had to show a vaccine card to get and into I the And I didn't ballet. even know you were a ballerina. You are so unbelievably talented, Jill Weinbanks. Um, but it, it it was wonderful, and everybody wore masks. Yep. Yep. The entire performance. Yep. So we're talking about hours of wearing a mask in a public place. Right. And I felt pretty safe doing that. Yep. But if people hadn't been required to be vaccinated and masked, I wouldn't go. Yeah. Somebody tweeted, you know, Colin Powell didn't die because he was vaccinated. He died because you aren't you weren't vaccinated. I mean, immune-compromised people are dying because other people aren't vaccinated. That's exactly. where we are. Exactly. There's no question about it. And and you are more likely to catch it if you are not wearing a mask, if you are not vaccinated. Yeah. And you're yeah. very unlikely to die. You know, I, I, I luckily, I had the privilege of working with uh, General Powell yeah. when he was an aide to the Secretary of the Army and I was General Counsel. And he was a phenomenal wonderful person yeah. kind smart mm-hmm. funny he was really terrific and unfortunately he did have multiple myeloma and parkinson's and was severely compromised yes. so that it it yeah. overtook him yes. and and that's why it's your moral responsibility to yes. get vaccinated. And it's your moral responsibility to make your second indoor show, the Sexy Liberal Show in Madison, Wisconsin, this Saturday. It's a very lovely drive from Chicago. <laughs> it's not bad. We would love to have you. Just think about it. Get back to us. I was going to ask either for your dog trainer or a proof of life video of your dog because he's still in the exact same position. But there he is. He's right. up and- 
in there. It's because this is his, his sleepy time. I know. He wake up so early in this household. <laughs> All right. He's got to get to the fire station. Love you. Thanks, Joe. Bye, Thanks, Bye Joe. Joe. Bye. All right. <laughs> Well, most of us equate identity theft with suspicious activity on your credit card, right? They send you a new card, that's that. The identity theft you need to worry about is actually home title theft because it could cost you your home. I asked our friends at Home Title Lock to help us understand this crime. They suggested former FBI agent Art Fitzenmeyer, who is an authority on home title theft. Agent Art, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am good. Well, I'm I'm okay now. I have been a victim of identity theft. I know how bad that is, but let's get to this. I have heard home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes. Uh, first of all, is that true? Yes, it is. It's also one of the most unreported crimes, in my opinion, because it's uh, there's no law in the books called title theft or home title theft. It's always reported under some other violation like mail fraud, wire fraud bank fraud or something like that. So it's a little harder to track, but in my experience, it's a fast, rapidly growing and devastating crime to the victims. Yeah, I've told this story before, Art, that I um, was in the middle of trying to buy a house many years ago and I was the victim of identity theft. And I almost did not get a mortgage because you know that that's a scary enough crime that you have to prove it's not you. Uh, when someone steals your identity. But tell us why home title theft is, is really even scarier than that, right? Well, yeah, first of all, you know, for your viewers and listeners, uh, most people don't understand that their property title is a public document. Right. Uh, you can get it online or you can go down to your county recorder's office and get a copy of it for like $2.00. And then you can forge the document so they can change the name on your title from your name to their name. And on the county records, it looks like you no longer own the home that you've sold it to someone. And that person will then go out and get tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars using the equity in your home to do that. Well, and Art, here was the scariest thing to me is I think all of us tend to think, as I mentioned, you know, in the opening about, oh, it's like a credit card and they just send you a new one. It's fine. You don't have to worry about the charges. Um, so people think, oh, doesn't my homeowner's insurance or my bank cover me? Because tell because the answer to that is scary. Go ahead. Yeah, the answer to that is scary. And it's no, there's no coverage for this. Some some um, of the current uh identity theft companies have a high-end program where they offer some kind of coverage. It's unclear to me exactly what it is. The difference being that Home Title Lock has its own uh, software package. It's uh, highly sophisticated and the software actually watches your title, your document 24-7. And if it's disturbed in any way, the software notifies not only you but us so that we understand that something's happened. And if we don't hear from you, we're going to knock on your door, you know, digitally, of course, and let you know that there's been a transaction that's affected your title. Now, you could have gotten a home equity loan or doing construction, and there's a construction uh, uh, loan, and the construction company has placed uh, a lien on your property just to cover themselves. So uh, if you know what it is, it's not a problem. But if you don't, we have a resolution division and those folks will step in and work with you to resolve it in your favor and make sure essentially that you have a clear title so that if you want to use your home for a loan or in many 
instances you want to use it as your uh, savings bank for retirement or something like that, you'll be able to do so. But when you get to the door where you're going to sign on the dotted line, say for a sale, and it's not in your name, everything blows up in your face. And it takes yeah. thousands of dollars to get it cleared up. Well, th that brings me to my experience. What about common identity theft services? Because th this is what the most frustrating thing for me is as much as I could say till I'm blue in the face, this isn't me. I have perfect credit. Th these weren't me. They don't believe you. <laughs> the bank didn't believe me when I, I was, you know, up trying to get a mortgage. They were like, sorry, you have too much on your credit. I was like, what are you talking? You know, so all of it, first of all, comes as a big shock. And, and it really can be a hassle. So what about the common identity theft service? They aren't going to cover you the way Home Title Lock does. If they offer it at all, most of them do not, quite frankly. Uh, Home Title Lock will pay up to a million dollars in legal fees to clear up your title. Uh, you have to understand that if your title has been stolen, forged, and used as uh, collateral for loans, the, the bank, they don't want your house. They want you to pay the money back. And so the bank or the lender and, and these false cases will come to you and tell you you have to pay or they're going to sell your house to get the money back. And then you're off to the courthouse and it takes sometimes two years of legal wrangling to get your own home back in your name. And it's a financial wow. and legal and emotional nightmare. Wow. So take us through exactly what you do to keep home title thieves from getting your home. Because it, it, it's, I think a lot of this, it's sort of a, a gray area for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how any of this works in the real world. It, it, it just take us through step by step again, what, what, how, you, uh, how you do that. The only way, really, if you talk to any of the uh, uh, thieves, as I have, uh, if you stop them before they get the first check, that's the key. Once they get that check, you are in deep trouble because they're going to take that money and go someplace that has white sandy beaches and drinks with umbrellas in them. <laughs> and you're going to be going to the courthouse yeah. because the bank is going to want the money. You're going to say it's not you. They're going to say it's you. And you've got to convince a judge after two or three years of litigation that you are not the person who got that loan. Oftentimes, the judges will look down at you and say, I think you got some of that money and therefore they're going to want you to pay it back. So you have to convince people and believe me, real estate law is pretty complicated and you're going to need a lawyer every step of the way. And that is where it gets really expensive. Yeah. And by the way, if your house is in foreclosure and you're in the courtroom, don't think you're going to get a loan on your house to pay your lawyer. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I remember when the identity theft happened to me, you just, first of all, you never think it's going to happen to you. And I, to this day, don't know how it happened. I don't know who got my information, how. And I think a lot of people just, as you say, it's awareness of home title theft, right? That people just don't believe this can happen or don't think that, you know, that they won't be covered by, as sure. we talked about before, either yeah. their bank or their insurance or something. But um, I mean, yeah, the credit ahead. card companies have these sophisticated algorithms, actually, that, you know, in this day and age, stop the uh, identity theft charges really before they get started. And you generally don't have to pay anything because they're able to reverse everything and protect you. That is the only the only one that really does that as well as the credit card companies is home title lock with your title. We have our sophisticated software suite that does exactly that that notifies us and you if anything touches your title, whether it's good, bad or otherwise you know right away if something has affected your title, and we let you know the best way to resolve it. 
Yeah. I mean, I worry full time for a living about everything, right? About, <laughs> yes, you know, uh, insurrection, about the uh, apocalypse, the climate change. I just, you're just sitting around. You're not thinking someone's taking the title to your house. Now, yeah. now, and now I have one more thing to worry about, except if I get home title lock, I don't, right? It gives you more than anything exactly. peace, peace of mind, right? It's one less thing you have to worry about. The company came to me in 2017 and wanted to know if I would get involved and maybe as an endorsement. And I took one look at the company. And the second thing I did was I covered my house, my daughter's house, my son's house, and my elderly mother-in-law's house because I knew we were all vulnerable and we all had a lot of equity that I wasn't willing to risk for a few pennies a day. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the closer right there. There's the sales pitch. Okay. Yeah. We're out of time. Thank you, Art, for shedding light on this crime. For those of you who own a home, I'm guessing right about now you're feeling like I am. First things first, check to see if your home's title has already been tampered with. One way is by registering your address at HomeTitleLock.com. Be sure to select Podcast in the drop-down menu to get 30 free days of protection. Again, select Podcast in the drop-down menu at HomeTitleLock.com. <laughs> 